Welcome to Beat It Movie Reviews, the best movie and TV review podcast in history. I'm human skin Thanos, Joe Cabello, and this is Imogen Poops, Chris Asoda. <laughs> hey, What's up, going? everybody? We are doing something a little different. We are uh, going to talk about what we've been watching as we usually do. But we're also going to be talking about uh, a bit of everything everywhere at wa- all at once in an unofficial review. And also Outer Range is kind of our more main review. This is the new show on Amazon Prime uh, starring Josh Brolin and Imogen Poots. Uh, that is now, as of this recording, two episodes are out. So, you know, you might want to check it out before you listen or just live in confusion as you hear hear us. And uh, you just heard Davis IL's song, Queenie Pie. That's our official intro to the podcast. Go check out Davis IL's music. It's awesome, especially Queenie Pie. And I know they want to just listen to the rest of that song. They don't want to hear this. True. We should just play that song for like an hour. The full. Yeah. Just the, re- on repeat. This podcast is the Davis IL song, Queenie Pie podcast. And yeah. every episode is roughly an hour to hour and a half of just that song. Sometimes out of order. All right, let's just move on with it. With what we've been watching, or as I call it, WWF. Because I, I couldn't do the acronym in my head. <laughs> so I tanked it. All right, Chris, I'll let you kick it off. Sure, yeah. I'll watch, I uh, I did watch the newest episode of Moon Knight, which mm, I think you've so sorry. Uh, officially given up on. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I tapped out. I yeah. tag you in. I'm tapped. <laughs> All these different like metaphors that <laughs> I'm tapping out to the tag in, and you know I'm just gonna couldn't even come yeah, up with no, anyone. Uh... <laughs> Slow day here as usual. You know it's a Monday after work hours drained. Yeah, I was just pumping the, the day. Not yeah. not touching myself, pumping iron. Which is, oh, I thought you got those um, pumps for breast milk that you're using to. I do, and no yourself. breast milk comes out, just uh, like a watery blood. Oh no! With with what uh, my nutritionist says has no nutritional value, and to stop <laughs> drinking it immediately. <laughs> and did you also tell them then why do people pay so much for it? Yeah, I'm like I'm filling up little Tupperwares of this daily to meet demand. <laughs> So they're a little raw right now, so I'm a little slow. Moon Knight, though. <laughs> yeah, Moon Knight. Uh, episode three. It's actually the halfway mark now for the season because it's only six episodes, unlike most of the other Marvel shows. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you were weary of the show, and I felt similarly. Uh, but with this last episode, I think I finally am like watching it begrudgingly almost i i think that uh it's the premise is very interesting of a character with like these fighting personalities but what they do with those personalities makes me dislike them i think or just find it boring but uh i think that the show will be better once all of the episodes are out in in that you can actually like move past the slow parts instead of being stuck with the slow parts for like a week and then waiting for the next portion right. of the show. Um, not to, I get, I guess like, even if that 
is the case, that's not going to make the, sh- the shitty episodes good. But no, you just skip them because you'll know. But... Yeah, I, but yeah, I think that first episode I still think is good. Uh-huh. Good TV. And it was like such an interesting, not even format, but like it felt like a swing. Like, hey, let's all the action scenes we're not going to do. Yeah. And we're going to jump through time and it's going to be really confusing. I think I, before I said it was like a Marvel Memento, uh-huh. uh, the Fresh Maker. And uh, <laughs> then the second and third episode have just seemed to get more and more generically Marvel. And that's even yeah. like, I hate even to say that because I know that, you know, it's like Marvel movies get a lot of hate and who cares. Right. But I also like I do enjoy a lot of them. I think there's a lot of value there, but they're uh-huh. it's it just falling into generic territory in the way Marvel at its worst can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah. It's interesting because like. It's a. Uh... There's so many weird parts to it because it feels so disconnected from all of the rest of the Marvel Universe where you're like, oh, you know, there's all these superheroes, but then now we actually have Egyptian gods that are real. Obviously, like Thor and all that. It's like Norse mythology is real, but it it exists in like a far off planet in like yeah, they're the aliens. universe, you know, essentially. But this one, you're like, oh, the Egyptian gods are still here and then they're just hanging out. Basically. Yeah, and they're they're as influential, you know, or they yeah. they could potentially be influential as they were uh-huh. when we would read about them and yeah, things of that nature. And so, uh, that's all like interesting, but then yeah, just because of the disconnect, you're like, well, how's this gonna affect like the rest of the MCU as a whole? I wonder. And I, apparently, people have seen the fourth episode and have said that like it's it's like very good. It's like the show turns around there. Okay, because I have still heard a lot of people twists finally or something. People but, have liked it so yeah. far anyway, and I'm just like, yeah. Okay, no, I guess what's like... interesting is like in this third episode, they introduce some stuff like the possibility of maybe a third personality or something like that, because stuff happens where both of them are talking to each other like, "Why did you do that?" I'm like, "I didn't do it. You did it." And they're like, "I didn't do it. Who? If we didn't do it, who did it?" And yeah, like, wouldn't okay. the god know when comes yeah. it or whatever his name is? He would know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I thought it was you, and they're like, who are you talking to? And he's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, just whoever, just do <laughs> yeah. what I say. Just do it. That's so. And to that connecting it to the Marvel universe, it's like part of me is like, well, who gives a shit? You know, like these things are better are probably better off not connecting but then also marvel has told me to give a shit you know like infinity war and endgame and all of their previous shows every single one yeah yeah they're saying no these are supposed to all tie together and that's what's cool yeah yeah they know that like part of what a marvel show or movie has to do is implant itself with easter eggs that like 99.9 percent of people don't even catch when watching the movie because that's the fun game that they play with their audience is to find all of them and to connect. Those are like the two weird, unusual, I should say imperatives that the Marvel movies and shows have. So it's Uh like that causes an, causes an issue 
Yeah, when you have uh, what is it, the Celestials from Eternals? Or no, they're called Eternals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what, what were the guys in the Eternals called? <laughs> they were Eternals. You have Eternals. You have uh, Norse gods. You have uh, Egyptian gods. Yeah, and, and they're all and just the like Celestials that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, Celestials are a thing, right? Yeah, those mm-hmm. are the bad guys of the. They're like no, the they're... ones that control the Eternals. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Stuntman Mike was one. <laughs> that's true yeah he was that's i love how that like that now it's just hey uh remember that weird character yeah he was a celestial yeah oh okay that's how now, it all makes I, sense i understand oh thanos he was an eternal you know it's like, oh cool what the fuck do we do with that information uh but anyways yeah moon knight i i'm not so sure especially uh when it this week, I'd been catching up, spoiler alert, on some shows that mm-hmm. I've been meaning to catch up on. And while doing that is when Moon Knight came out and I ended up watching it, this episode three. And it really made, I was like, why the fuck? I haven't watched these shows, but I've kept up on Moon Knight and this is what I'm getting. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. And I don't even care to talk about it with like anyone on the Internet or like find out their opinions because I just don't see much there. Although Oscar Isaac is always good to watch, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, it's, it, the thing is, like the performances are fine, are just fine. It's just the story and what's happening is not really holding me. Yeah, and I'm I watched the scene from I think episode two where Ethan Hawke talks to somebody in his village and they like speak Chinese, their Mandarin to each other. That uh, uh, people online were really making fun of that because of the pronunciation and stuff. Oh, and really? like I had remembered seeing it in the show and just being like, okay, whatever. This sounds pretty shitty, but like they move on They're from like, quick wow, and it makes sense. Awful. But then, yeah, watching it again, I'm like, I really can't tell what Ethan Hawke's trying to speak. I uh-huh. w- was he trying to speak another language other than Mandarin or was that his attempt at Mandarin? Cause I know the girl he's speaking to is uh, speaking Mandarin, but I could not tell what the hell he was trying to do. Like his voice just, <laughs> Hey, there's certain languages you can't speak. Ethan Hawke, your voice <laughs> is too gravelly. Like you can't do it. Oh Yeah. Like, it's not going to sound right. But yeah, Moon Knight already spent more than enough time than it deserves, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not a big, like, uh, Egyptian god guy either, or, like, any of the Norse gods or any of that stuff. It just doesn't interest me. It all feels too OP. Oh, in terms of, like, the Marvel Universe? Yeah, yeah, when put in. And even yeah. outside of that, it's like, oh, just I those, don't really the care. history of those you were never really in- interested in. Yeah. And then especially applying it to modern day where it's like, Oh, oh yeah. it's the yeah. God, this uh, who's giving him power. I'm like, Oh cool. Who gives a shit? Like what was that one <laughs> movie we watched? Uh, Inhuman or human where the guy was basically Thor. He had superpowers. Oh, mortal? And was getting mortal. <laughs> yeah. It's like at the end, Oh, he's Thor. And you're just like, <laughs> cool. What? <laughs> oh, mortal. It hurts. There's some movies that we've watched over the past couple years doing this. Not even just necessarily <laughs> as a feature review, but they hurt. The Gin is one. 
Oh um, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch that movie. So, and it, what was the other one that we did watch that was uh that was like the gin? It was about a boy getting um some sort of creature was coming after him. Oh, uh, the one where he was like a haunted iPhone. Perhaps it was that I forget. Because I see the cover, I saw the cover recently at the video store I go to under like new releases, and I was like, "Oh my god, that movie!" It was a um, Amblin movie. Watch, it was the Gin I'm talking about. <laughs> no, it's, no, there was an uh, oh, evil. Oh, it says uh, the Gin. <laughs> the, the evil Ginny, Ginny, Ginny. What's my problem? It's Monday. Just pumped. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, we don't really care to know the name of this movie. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're telling us. <laughs> so I'm not going to watch it. Thanks. For it. You're telling me not to go see it. I don't think I will. Um, but yes, that's Moon Knight. I think we can move on to something much better. Um, let me drop some knowledge on us. I just watched The Forever Purge. Are you a fan of The Purge oh. movies as a series? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've seen. I guess the first three, and the, and I think what is this the fifth one? I'm not sure. I think fourth or fifth, and then there's um I think at least two a seasons sh- of TV. Show. The first right, season yeah. I watched that and I thought it was actually really good. It's okay. kind of like what you would want from a purge, like the purge, uh-huh. uh huh, in show form. Which I think it kind of lends itself better as a concept to TV, perhaps. Okay. I'm thinking, um, but I do really like the movies as well. But they just tell such like contained stories a lot of the times that it never quite feels like you, you got the purge concept to me. Or like you got all the beats you would want from a purge concept. While the show yeah. can basically play out tons of just play in that playground. Um, but I saw the Forever Purge, which is this latest one. And the premise is simple at the the after the political group who had started the purge gets kicked out of office. They get uh-huh. then reelected in and bring back the purge. And then after the purge ends, like. I don't know what, like half the country, it seems is like, no, we're going to do forever purge. And they just keep the purge going. So then, you know, the government's trying to stop them while people are. So essentially the forever purge is just civil war. Yeah. Civil war with uh, of chaos too. Cause there's no ideology. Yeah. The ideology is just, Hey, we want to keep purging. Uh-huh. Just, we want to do they- whatever the fuck we want and we don't care about laws or anything. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a weird cuz I mean obviously it's just one night is what the movie shows of that situation. <laughs> so uh-huh. it's like the people who want to keep the forever purge going aren't really killing each other. They're just killing the people <laughs> who like don't want to do it, which are the people running away. So it's like what's so gonna, are you guys like, going to turn on each other? Yeah, cuz it's like eventually? so what are the people that don't that are just running away? All they need to do is just put on a mask. Yeah, just and pretend. Then be fine. Yeah, That's even all like they need to do. Minor spoiler, the characters even get away in one situation by just showing these people a flag that they picked up of the Forever Purgers. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, wait, they're with us. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. it's awesome. But 
other than that, I uh, I did like it. I think it's a pretty taut and tight uh, purge movie that is pretty much just about these two, like a a semi racist white guy and then a, a Mexican guy getting along and surviving the purge together. Oh, so that guy doesn't becomes learns to be not racist. Yeah, but he's got an interesting POV too, which I wonder if it was it was made like they gave him that POV cuz it's if he was just full on racist, you couldn't really come back around to him in the movie, uh-huh. I don't think, but his POV is like I don't hate Mexicans. I just think we're all better off with our own kind. So I think you should just be with Mexicans, I should just be with white people. Oh, okay. So, which is like well, yeah. n- not a not a good point of view, right? Like, right. and it's <laughs> I feel objectively wrong, but it's a long ways away still from someone who's just like, no, any Mexican person I hate and think is less than me, right? Uh, so it's he's got that POV, which does make him a little bit more sympathetic, or like, uh, it makes sense why he makes a lot of the decisions he makes in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. It's got all the purge hits. I don't know if I'd say it's, I think my favorite purge, uh, anything is still the first season of the TV show, but, uh, I think this one might be, uh, high up there, uh, with, uh, with purge related stuff, even though it breaks the purge, you know, it's like, Oh, this movie doesn't need it. It's just people going crazy and killing each other. <laughs> There's no time limit. But that's the Forever Purge. That's actually on HBO Max now, and it might be on even Hulu. I'm not sure. What else have you been watching, Chris? Um, <clears throat> Let's see here. I also watched uh, the new episode of Atlanta. Well, let's talk about Atlanta then, because I dove right in. I watched all of season two of Atlanta and uh, caught up on season three. So I guess I'll just give some brief thoughts on Atlanta season two before we get into this new season. But I I really loved season two of Atlanta, but it was one of the hardest like TV shows to watch that I've watched recently. Because it's so intensely real and so cynical. Yeah. It's very much uh, trying to convey and accurately conveying what I think is like this specific black Atlanta experience. And like the issues in that community, the issues with living there, the issues with thriving there. And in a way that felt so like, oh, I... I know there's people right now living this exact moment that they're writing. Yeah. And you could feel that. So it made it a very hard watch, but I think that's also to its credit and why it's so good. It it did make me want to go back and watch season one again. Cause that's been so long since I watched it. So really good uh, season of TV. And then it, I was really happy to see how far along the characters came in season three because season two is so heartbreaking and difficult. It was nice to have like a jump in time where Ern's figured, figured out the job 
he's mm-hmm. kind of bossing up like everybody's leveled up a bit um yeah. so yeah it's like they have like a hidden like two hidden seasons between two and three yeah that, where that a lot of stuff has happened and you're coming back and you're like oh yeah and shit we didn't need to see for what the show is you know yeah like they don't need to do that so yeah uh tell us a bit about this newest episode and what you thought yeah the the new episode is just about uh you know paperboy gets his phone stolen at a show and they're trying to get it back and a bunch of weird stuff happens i think this episode i feel like is like the weakest of this season just because the way that. it ends, I kind of was like, okay, this kind of is ending exactly how I thought it was going to end. And that's not to say that it's bad or anything. Uh, it's just, I kind of think the way that a lot of the other ones end is almost like traumatic or like fuck, really fucked up. And then this one ends in a way where you're kind of like, yeah, sometimes you lose your phone. <laughs> then they, you just move on. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of saw it differently of um, the end takeaway uh-huh. of like, just you can't trust anyone. The se- Season two was a lot of like, you can't trust other black people. Uh-huh. And this season's jumping more into what feels like you can't trust white people. Yeah. It to like simplify it because Socks is the one who took the phone. Spoilers, uh-huh. everybody. And, you know, he's this like safe ally white guy that's with them. But he's just starting shit. Like, yeah, he's like and- a psycho. So I kind of took it as that, which isn't as much of a gut punch, but it felt like more of a what the the show seems to do is like these small moral tales. Like, Oh, here's a situation with these characters, you know, to tell some sort of universal truth or something. Uh-huh. And this one is like, Oh, the person watch out who you let in your circle. Cause that's probably the problem more so than these outside forces. Yeah. Like the three of them had already built trust. And then you have this other guy who they're like, okay, we're, we're homies with this guy. We trust him, but he's never really earned their trust. And yeah. yeah. And all he does is make their work harder or their lives harder. Yeah. <laughs> but like knowingly and unknowingly to them. He, yeah. All he's doing is, is fucking up their, their like perfectly fine order of all things. Yeah. And I thought it was a very like, Turned played like a horror, a good horror movie with uh, that nephew character as well. Yeah, that's like this like all knowing nebulous guy who just is is there for the perfect <clears throat> like the, he's just like the perfect uh, random person to come through and be mysterious, but also seemingly very guilty. Yeah. Like where even uh, the his uncle doesn't really know him, <laughs> and you're like, oh shit! And he was he went and he went to he last time we saw him was like in jail or in yeah. juvie or whatever. So there's you make all these assumptions of this character as well because you're like, oh, clearly they must have done it because they're not saying they didn't at any point. Yeah, 
This show's really good at making these like undefeatable antagonists. Like where yeah. they're really like bad people who are exerting uh, authority over Urn and Paperboy and everybody. Yeah. But there's they're doing it in that like benign way that there's nothing they can do about it cuz if they resorted to violence they're in the wrong. But uh-huh. then no like proper channel is allowing them to to get help in the situation. There's like almost every antagonist they deal with in the show feels like it's in that in that way. The barber in season yeah. two. Uh, if you don't, there's even, a, the in this in this season a couple episodes ago they go to the party with the guy with the tree, the, the rich guy with the tree, and they he owes oh, him yeah. money, and they still are like. Fuck this guy. Well, let's let's take what we can and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And in uh season 2 with the sorority uh rap concert where they they get their shit jacked and everything. It's like, oh, well, what are oh, we going to yeah. do? Like what do we do to these like kids? Yeah. You know. So, it's like these frustrating enemies that feel very real. Uh, to to their experience so yeah atlanta really really good stuff i'm glad you convinced me to jump into it well how how did you like the teddy perkins episode oh that's a great infamous teddy perkins episode it's a great episode it took a while for me to even remember that it was donald glover playing teddy perkins Uh but once i did i was like oh yeah that's like very (laughs) obviously donald glover it's such like a cool episode that just stands by itself. You could watch it and be like, oh, this is some fucked up horror movie. Yeah. And that's like, he's an example of that type of enemy of someone who's like exerting so much control over them uh-huh. or over, um, uh, Ladarius. Is that, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character's name? Uh, he's like exerting this control over him. That's frustrating and like aggressive, but it's not done aggressively. Yeah. And yeah. like kind of forcing Ladarius to have to make choices that make him the asshole or whatever. Luckily, he's like the most patient uh, Zen guy ever. Yeah, yeah. Dar- Darius is his character's name. Yeah, he he is. Isn't he so perfect on the show? I mean, all of the actors are like perfect on the show, but Lakeith is like so fascinating of a character. In the yeah, show. truly is a really really embodies that character too very well to where he feels real, even though he's a yeah. ridiculous person. Yeah. He's like a cartoon character, but also the most real person you've seen portrayed in something of like, Oh, I know yeah. every weird person I meet is just like him. All right. Well, that's Atlanta. Any other thoughts on Atlanta? Uh, I really love it. I'm so glad it's back. And I re- do genuinely look forward to seeing the new episodes when they come out every week. Uh, yeah. And one other, one last thought for me is just the watching season two really solidified like that title of the show. Like, I feel like season Uh, one a bit feels like, Oh, this is about urn and Paperboy. This is a show about them. Season Uh two. You're like, Oh no, this is a show about Atlanta. And I think season three continues that in many ways, especially with its 
opening like episode. What, what Atlanta is like when Atlanta exists in Europe. Yeah, now with uh, that, uh, <laughs> that stops a little off that track. But uh, the the first episode, that one felt very much like, oh, one. yeah, you know, like, oh, we're telling like, yeah, you might. A lot of these stories are by way of Urn and Paperboy and Darius. But like, this is a show that's ultimately about Atlanta. Hmm. Getting a bunch of emails that say. What do you even know about Atlanta, Joe? What the fuck are you talking? <laughs> also, and one other thing too is, can we get more Zazzy beats in the show? I know. Uh, like, I wanted Zazzy beats she's to missing play. And you're like, please come back. I wanted to play her character in Nine Days. <laughs> did you get to? You saw Nine Days, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I did. We talked to. I know. I forget if we talked about it uh, as something we both watched, but yeah, she's uh, very fun in that role. And yeah. uh, it's to her credit how it's such a different role too, and she's really killing kills both. Zazie, all right. Uh, moving on to some more TV. I just want to say I wrapped up the ultimatum. Marry or leave. Oh, it's already out completely. Yeah. So they, I think they released. They were doing that um, reality schedule that Netflix tends to do, where it's like three episodes every week. Or something like that. And I got onto it late. So a lot of the episodes were already in. But this is the show where one one member of a couple has given an ultimatum to marry them now or they break up. And the other person figures it out. So what they do is they put all those couples in a place. And each person has to choose someone else to live with for three weeks. To like see if they love, they might love somebody else. To like learn about their relationship. Uh, so the season came to an end. They all did their thing. And I will say. I was pretty shocked by how most of the relationships. Uh, what happened with them. Like I don't. I want to give credit to the editors of the show. Or just life being fucking weird. But it's done very well in making you not know what the hell's really going to happen. And it is trashy reality TV, but I think uh, there, it was a little something deeper with the show of just the main thing these people went through is realizing shit about themselves and like, okay, I need to fix my communication or like, show something more do something less or like i could get anyone i want now that i've been yeah. on a netflix show <laughs> yeah they're all like blowing up on instagram now and <laughs> getting grand deals uh good for them uh but so i think that was cool and it was uh the reunion episode which in my opinion the reunion episodes of these reality shows are are just as important yeah the they're like crucial they're to the experience yeah. right you you have to do it. And it was interesting hearing the people talk, like saying, when I watched myself, it was crazy because I remember the moment and I thought I was giving something different to my partner at that time. But I was uh-huh. being totally absurd in the moment. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to like reflect there and seeing bad relationships or difficult relationships, I think uh-huh. is a good thing. And I think the show is obviously sensational but i think it does a good job at showing 
the complexities of relationships in an interesting way, at least. That's cool. That's funny. It'd be funny then they just do a show where they're like, all right, we're going to put people in toxic relationships. We're going to follow them for a week and then make a (laughs) series about how bad the relationship is and show it to them. And then (laughs) portray it in that way to maybe help make them understand and realize what they're doing is awful. This is how you act. In a fight, you act wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it is... As someone who's been in a, a, a few long-term relationships, you know, two-plus years, where sometimes yeah. these ideas came up, it it was like, I saw a lot of reflection of like, oh, man, I, I kind of know how these relationships can feel sometimes. So I yeah. think it's probably a dangerous show to watch with your significant other if you're not quite right at the moment or at all yeah (laughs) but i think that's true of a lot of reality shows honestly you know like it's so funny think of the couple where it's like a shithead guy with a girl let's say that's the situation she's sweet he's a shithead because we see those relationships and they're watching and you see like the bachelorette or something and seeing this girl like getting treated really well and being like it's so nice that todd is like really kind to me and says sweet things (laughs) and like does things for me I think that's what a man should do. And, you know, everybody's talking things like that. And then you have this asshole yeah. boyfriend there. Just like, um, I think they're wrong. Yeah. He's like, why don't they just fuck already? Like, Get out of here. She's fucking hot. <laughs> but yeah, the ultimatum, if you like uh, reality shows, I mean, the ultimatum is a no brainer. Sick. When are they gonna? Are they gonna do a season two? What are they gonna do? Like a, a battle royale show with all these Netflix reality shows? Oh, it's gonna be like what do they do? The the real world road rules challenge, which was yeah. later just called the challenge. That way they could take any reality star. I think. Yeah, especially uh, because yeah. they stopped doing real uh, road rules. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> part of partly why. At this point, like, does road rules even make sense? Like when you <laughs> I don't think know. about road rules, I just rules? like. It's funny that they still come out with those challenge shows, and you're like, who is watching this anymore? Yeah, and who's on all, it? And all the people are going to be in their, like, 40s, yeah, 30s and 40s, and then you're showing it to what kids that are trying to watch Ridiculousness, because that's, like, all MTV ever plays anymore. Yeah, it it is kind of kind of bizarre, but I can see Netflix gearing itself up for that, because, you know, all these people who are on these reality shows, they're... They were always looking for fame, I think, at least in the like recent last 15, 20 years of reality shows. People are going on there trying yeah. to be an actor, this or that or whatever. Yeah, some sort but of that's influencer. so much more true now, you know, even if it's like I'm trying to get more followers because I have a drop shipping business and I want to get more sales <laughs> like dude, go <laughs> on the reality show. Sure. Or you just have yeah. straight up influencers. So I think they're all hungry to do more shows. I would yeah. bet. Yeah, that's the ultimatum. Chris, what else have you been watching? Um, Besides the main show we we're going to talk about, not much. One thing I wanted to talk about that is coming out soon, it's coming out in like a month, is uh, there's a new a YouTuber boxing event. Oh, right. Out. Yeah. Called, called uh, Creator Clash. 
<laughs> I believe that it comes out. Uh, was it seventh? May fourteenth. May fourteenth. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, I was. I've been watching a bunch of promo stuff. They've been like doing podcasts and uh, and like live stream events for this promoting it. But yeah, it's just the YouTuber iDubs Ian. He's like he's done a lot of stuff in the past, a lot of funny stuff, but uh, he put together this whole thing with a bunch of like really popular YouTubers and, you know, influencers and Twitch streamers and all that stuff. But uh, it just looks really funny. I don't know if, if people are any, have any uh, used to watch YouTube, I guess back in the day, like there's people like uh, Epic Meal Time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like there's like a guy from Game Grumps, if you've ever heard of them, or like um, Eric from Internet Comment Etiquette, the guy that does uh, tr- uh, driving on Salvia. He did that video like 15 years ago, <laughs> yeah. or gardening on Salvia. Well, yeah, you could uh, trust that iDubs would um, curate an interesting. Yeah, group. yeah, and and it, what it seems like for the most part, what's cool is like all of these people are basically like good people they're not like shitheads because a lot of it is go all the money i think is going to charities too it's not them being like i'm gonna box because i'm gonna make a million dollars or something some bullshit like that and and a lot of them are training very seriously as well which is cool that's Um, that's yeah there's like this guy ab from the h3 uh channel and podcast fighting this guy hundar i want to see Hila. he's from (laughs) Uh, she just had a baby, so that's probably part of why she couldn't even participate <laughs> if she wanted to. Uh, but yeah, this guy Hundar, who is in Cowchop, that ended like right before COVID. They're very much like a jackass style channel. Oh, okay. And he's really awesome. And then like Michael Reeves is another YouTuber who makes like really funny scientific science, uh, like engineering videos he made like you know the boston dynamics robot Mm -hmm. he made a video where he bought one and he made it so it would piss beer into beer (laughs) cups (laughs) for people Uh, but yeah there's a ton of different people and they're all like really interesting and cool uh but yeah it's uh i'm glad they're doing it for charity that's cool it is like it's weird how we've seen the boxing really become something in the like influencer world and Uh it does make sense because it's weird how much money there is in boxing like it all feels very illegal and like (laughs) yeah it's like who's paying for all this so people really are going to get millions of dollars for a random fight when they've never fought even like a um like not non-pro matches a bunch of them to like get experience and i think that's you know, it's obviously just for the show of it, but we've seen the ones that were successful. And then there was some of these other ones that, uh, you know, still haven't never made their money back and haven't paid their yeah. fighters. And I think yeah. a lot of the economics in it is probably in the betting. Like, oh, we're, we know we'll make, there's going to be some money through betting and gambling that gets funneled to the event somehow. I would imagine it it's got to be part of it so they do that but uh yeah it's interesting seeing how that goes and i guess it's that one other way when you don't really 
have a skill that you're doing as your your skill is just like your a personality all you can do yeah. is sell yourself in other situations mm-hmm. you know you're not going to have like oh it's this screenwriter's done some of your favorite films with this person who did the mrna vaccine uh <laughs> built that here's like i mean i don't really want to see them fight it's cool though but <laughs> then you have Hey, the girl from the ultimatum is boxing Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> I hate a girl. I don't care. That's my Floyd Mayweather. My Floyd Mayweather is pretty good, but he, he doesn't. Oh, that wasn't a soundbite. Yeah, that wasn't my uh, stream deck. Is yeah. playing the sound bites. <laughs> I hate a girl. I don't care. That one wasn't as good. That one felt problematic too. But we'll move on. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'll definitely be watching that because I'm a piece of trash and we'll watch YouTubers fight. Hey, it's for charity. So, you know, you're doing something to help the world. Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, it's not good, though. From Justin to Kelly. I did watch from (laughs) Justin to Kelly this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had to watch it for my other podcast, Shut Up, I Love It, where we bring on a guest to talk about something they love that's hated, unknown, misunderstood. And uh, we had from Justin to Kelly on. So I'll give some brief thoughts on it. It's actually not as bad as lore would say. I think people have gone as far as to say it's one of the worst movies ever made. Uh And I think that's ridiculous. Did it help watching Morbius like two weeks ago? (laughs) It did. It's (laughs) Morbius adjacent for sure. Okay. Okay. Like it looks like it was shot for tv like it does not look good at all it's acted in that way too i do think if this movie would have come out on tv like fox would have been like hey it's an american idol event watch it would have done great people would have been like oh that was stupid and fun the songs were good but the fact Uh that it was a movie it i don't think it would it flew because of that like really looks bad um but it's it's a standard like spring break story. Hey, we're here to get girls. Oh, here's a, uh, some girls are there. Two of them fall in love. There's misunderstandings. You know, if anything, it's just the crime of being a little boring, but it's not like terrible. So I will give it some credit there. Uh, but there's a lot of musical numbers that are simply them walking and singing (laughs) because you got to remember this was (laughs) this was a deal from uh the american idol winning and their contracts with that they had to do a movie and uh she didn't want to do it kelly clarkson first and the last time right yeah (laughs) the first what right after they finished filming they realized like we should have never done done this yeah just because we could we should yeah have done it we were contractually obligated to and that's the only reason it exists and she tried to get out of it uh kelly clarkson but couldn't because it was in the contracts and all that um and you know they're good singers but as far as this, we have to give credit to musical theater people to act, dance, sing, all of that at the same time is big. So that means a lot of the choreographed scenes are just them walking and singing. And there's even one where they're singing about trying to find each other in a party. 
and they're just bumping into people in the party walking through it like it's a very uncomfortable scene too you know just moving through a crowd like i hate that at a spring break party so it's like not that interesting in the in those moments uh of song either so you know i would say it's actually good enough to be a bad movie that you watch with friends with some drinks or something uh-huh. like it's 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 that quality you of bad. That like musicals a lot this is probably a fun one to watch while you're drinking so you have a really great musical you want to show them and then <laughs> put this on uh so yeah it's not it's not so bad uh i will say that's my reviews. It's not the worst movie. How, uh, how did you end up watching it? Uh, I rented it for like three ninety nine, on like a digital site. Yeah, because okay. uh, yeah, I think we talked. Did we talk last time on the show about how the the video store they didn't have no, it? It wasn't on the show. Oh, okay, it wasn't on the show, but we no, did talk it about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I went there and had to the my video store with the snobs that work there. <laughs> These kind snobs. They're not kind at all. And I had to yeah, be like it's a requirement though to work at like the last video store in oh, existence yeah. is like you have to be the ultimate. They like have a checklist of movies you you have to have seen. Yeah. When they hire you and then every day <laughs> they ask you a couple more. And if you don't, you're fired on the spot. <laughs> and it has to be like a really obscure movie they've never even heard of. Uh, so I had to ask them, hey, do you have From Justin to Kelly? And he's like, what? <laughs> From Justin to Kelly? He's like, I heard you, but what? <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't have it. Uh, maybe it never got a DVD release. It just got like a VHS release or something. What about 4K, man? They got to make a 4K release of that. I'm sure, like Shout Factory or Imprint, I think is another company that does uh, weird. They do like a limited collector's edition stuff. Yeah, that contains like all of season one of American Idol. That'd be pretty wild. I'd buy that actually. <laughs> all right, so that is uh, from Justin to Kelly. And last thing I watched uh, before we move on to our main things is The Witch. Finally got around to watching Robert Eggers' The Witch because oh, I'd nice. never yeah, seen I it. I still haven't seen it. And I was like, ah, oh, man, with the, uh, the whatchamacallit, Northman coming out, yeah. I should see this movie plus big uh, fan of Anya Taylor-Joy. Over the weekend, I called my fiance Anya Taylor-Sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> She did laugh, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> big fan of her, and I've been getting really into witch movies. I've watched uh, quite a few of them oh, yeah. in the last few months. Uh, so I was like, I got to check this out. Then I saw it's an hour and 34 minutes, so I was like, oh, I definitely got to check this out. Oh, yeah, easy. When like a respected director with a movie that has gotten great reviews is an hour and a half, that's great. Yeah. A movie just being an hour and a half isn't quite enough. But uh, I really liked The Witch. I thought it was awesome. Love witch lore uh, these days. It's very fun. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. It's the the goat or land, whatever it is. I think it's a goat. So creepy in it. 
and it's just a goat. Every <laughs> everything is so creepy and unsettling. Uh, I thought it was really cool and very like I'm starting to to get the feeling of these witch movies, you know. Now there's like a okay. vibe with yeah at least this like era of witch movies, and yeah, uh, you yeah, know what I kind of did the vibe. Too. Oh no, no, not the craft two actually does not count as a movie. <laughs> craft reborn wasn't it like craft reborn or something? Uh, did it, or did I it never? Yeah, something like that. Oh my god, that movie! Really bad. You know, the, and the craft actually isn't that great. The original. Yeah, it's it's really just kind of like a cult, cult movie. I think it's just because people like the actors or the actresses, actresses of mm-hmm. that time in that movie. Yeah, I will get on that movie sometime. We'll, we'll make fun of it more. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, but yeah, The Witch, really cool. Check it out, Robert Eggers. I got to check out The Lighthouse next. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should watch. I'll, I'll probably watch both those this week. Then, since North Man, his new superhero movie, he's finally doing yeah. a superhero movie. <laughs> uh, it's coming out this week. The so. DC, right? I think so. Yeah, North Man, right? Dark Knight, Dark Dark Horse, rather. We haven't seen any Dark Horse movies, have we? Dark Horse, no. Dark Horse is like nobody wants this. Like they always have Savage like a lot Dragon. of uh... <clears throat> well, Savage Dragon is also Image, isn't it's it? Not... But the I thing with Dark Horse is like uh, they have a lot of licenses. Like they had Star Wars and uh, Buffy. Oh, okay. So a lot of so they like... don't make their comics into movies. They take TV shows and movies and make them into comics. They also do no, manga, uh, yeah. actually. Yeah, I guess they publish. They're like a publisher for a lot yeah. of stuff from Japan, too. Oh, they did like Hellboy. Yeah, I was going to say. I thought Hellboy was one of them. That's right. So yeah. they have done Dark Horse, but not enough Dark Horse stuff. <laughs> uh, what is the um, uh, Birds of Paradise? We haven't got a Birds of Paradise movie. I'm not sure if that's even Dark Horse, but we're off topic. Should we get into talking a little bit about uh, everything everywhere all at once? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know briefly talked about it last week. But, we did. Yeah. I think we we said I said, really, let's not make it the main review because I don't know if I'll be prepared to talk about it emotionally. <laughs> and then I started weeping because I'm a sensitive man. We had to uh, cut but... that whole part. It was like a three hour block of the show. We had to cut it out. <laughs> So much weeping. A lot of peeking in the weeping. Not peeking duck either. And since we are talking about everything all at once, kind of makes sense. Anyways, let's get into this. I'll hit a woman. I don't care. Um, let's. All right, let's that get was a lot. That was not as good as your previous impressions, I have to say. I'd hit a woman. I don't care. And for my kids. This Casey Affleck saying it now, too. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I'll hit a woman, Squidward. 
I don't care. Everything are all at once is uh, directed and written by the Daniels. When an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewilder bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Crazy. Uh, let's talk about the how fate Michelle of the worlds. The worlds, yeah, that's true. Come on. Come on, autocorrect. You can't fix yeah. that. Yes, this is Michelle Yeoh, which uh, I think the coolest thing for me personally with this movie is seeing a main character be this immigrant Chinese mom in an action movie, in a sci-fi action movie. Yeah. To be the protagonist. That, to me, I feel is what's really like constantly get. And there's so many great things about it that I'm that I love. But I think that is just what was profoundly interesting while watching it of like, okay, we've seen this character in movies, not as not even as the protagonist in most cases of any, of any type of movie. Yeah. But, and then for the, this character to be the chosen one <laughs> to play the, cho it's the chosen one is always like a young boy, some white guy, maybe a girl. Yeah, you know. stereotypically, it's always been like that <laughs> in Hollywood. Well, you know, like, I think I had said last time, but, like, originally they wanted to do the movie about and ha cast uh, Jackie Chan as the main character. And they couldn't get him, so they pivoted to get Michelle Yeoh. Mm, I could see Jackie Chan playing the Waymond character, too. Yeah, which which is what he would be they like pivoted the whole story focus oh this whole story changed yeah oh, so it would be about the the mother instead of the father yeah which i think that's a great choice because it worked really like that it's so interesting to do that and it fits with the story of you know tapping into multiverses it i yeah. think we could all agree it would be ridiculous if you know just her uh, the character of evelyn doesn't ever get superpowers and she somehow becomes an ass kicker. I think that's a stupid movie, probably as much as yeah. I want to see it, but it, everything really works uh, with it here. Yeah. It's the movie is like, it's interesting because everything about it was, is so good. Like as I'm watching it, I, I don't think I've, liked a movie this much since into the spider verse where where i'm like as i'm watching it i'm like oh i think i love this movie you mm. know it was very much like the realization in the moment of like this everything about this is perfect every single new joke a random little tidbit of strange other universeness is like the perfect idea for what they need in every scene. And it's like, mm. it, everything works so great. And it's doing, it's being so interesting that I'm not ahead of the movie. You know, like at yeah. the end of the day, I, I, I think it's probably pretty straightforward, you know, and like, especially me being a screenwriter, I'm usually fighting having to like pick apart the movie. Uh -huh. like structurally and be like oh what are they doing if they're doing this that means the story's gonna go this way and i think anybody who watches movies that can tend to happen 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it's being so interesting. You're not thinking. You're not even given a chance to be mm-hmm. like, oh, where's this going? You're, you're just, just so there. captivated by every new thing and interesting, unique, like universe. It's the other thing too is like, so we're not. We won't spoil this, right? For for anyone, we can get so into a spoiler section of this. What do you think? I guess I was just going to talk about something that's not in the movie, but I thought would be in it. So. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that. that's I mean, all I wanted to really say. It's like I know that parts of like how she gets into the other universes is like doing weird things that people don't normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very. It's like they're like channeling the like power of Garden State. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Do you remember that scene where Natalie Portman's like, "Oh, sometimes I just." Uh, it's like the cringiest scene where she's like, sometimes I like to do things I know no one's ever done before. And she like makes like a weird. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just funny to relate that to this movie in that uh, sense. What if but she was. <laughs> she was channeling a different <laughs> universe. Of her that's why she's universe. so weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the thing that I was worried about halfway through is like, I was going to say, oh, man, is she going to tell her daughter she loves her? And that's, like, one of the things. Because the way that they kind of, like, paint their relationship and how it's fucked up is, like, the lack of of that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, but she definitely would say that to her. It's like, that just seems, like, too fucked up. And then I'm just glad that that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, it, it does that in so many in Yeah, in, in so many other ways. ways. But yeah. It doesn't have to do it that way. But yeah, that way I was like, that would be like way too like blunt and, and like heavy handed. Yeah, it's like first. first that was past. like the only thing I thought of where I was like, man, would they do something stupid like that? Even though it's so great and they don't ever do anything I would ever think because the movie's too good for that. Yeah, it's basically saying something very simple but in a very interesting and uh, somewhat convoluted way but that's it's genius is that it's able to do it it's able to do it convoluted and pull it off and some of the action scenes uh, specifically with uh, Kihei Kwan's Waymond character are awesome in the uh, the office especially when he uses freaking in this movie for, so Joe Bob Briggs is a uh, film critic and writer and just awesome movie guy. He'll often do a, a, a like kill count and stuff for movies. And often he'll do something foo if there's some sort of fighting. So this movie has fanny pack foo, Pomeranian foo. Uh, what other foo does it have? It has, People use a lot of strange weaponry in this, in the best way. Yeah, uh, even like, uh, was it like shop sign foo? I guess. Yeah, yeah, say. that's it. Yeah, yeah, right. spinner sign spinner foo. Sign spinner foo. There you go. And then also like the pinkies. Pinky foo. Yeah, pinky foo. Uh, foo fighters. I think there's a song <laughs> by them in here. Uh, but so it's just all these awesome fight scenes. He's using this uh, fanny pack foo to fight people and then when he puts the aquarium beads in it 
It's just oh yeah. Like, why is this cool? And it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also really it was awesome seeing uh randomly um what's her name Jenny Slate in it being yeah. like the like Gogo Yabari style character but with a Pomeranian <laughs> instead of a metal ball. Yeah, her Pomeranian foo. Yeah. Yeah, she was really fun in it. And they the movie has the opportunity and takes it of taking these small characters and just giving them a full story and making you feel sympathetic to them because you're seeing them throughout time or throughout yeah. like all the possibilities of them. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis character. Yeah. I think that's the like side character we really see the most mm-hmm. and all in different iterations. And it's just kind of crazy what they do showing totally different hers that kind of gets you feeling a way about the singular version of the, just like that person. Yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah. It's like her, the worst version of herself almost. Uh, Yeah. She's very uh, Michael Myers (laughs) type of killer when she's, uh, when it's, uh, when she's like, whatever, taken over, taken over by yeah, joy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I just love the movie. It's, it's an all timer. I think the la in recent memory, psycho Gorman and uh shadow in the clouds gave that same feeling of watching it and being like, this movie's awesome. What's going on? The fuck is this? Uh, with Shadow in the Clouds being the more su- most surprised out of all those, because I had no idea <laughs> what that movie was. At least Psycho <laughs> Gordman, I was like, this better be good. Yeah, and it, and it was like, if you envisioned it and it became the perfect movie that you envisioned, that's what it was. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. It really hit the marks it needed to. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I'm sure yeah. we might talk about uh, this movie more throughout life. And bring it up every Just week. Every we talk week, about yeah, it. we'll yeah. have a segment, and we say the same things, and we're not even realizing it. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. All right, so how about we get into talking about outer range? You ready for that, Chris? Yeah. The Outer Range is a show on Amazon Prime starring Josh Brolin, Imogen Poots, and others. The Abbots are coping with the disappearance of their daughter-in-law when the neighboring Tillersons make a play for their ranch land. No, ranch land. Tensions <laughs> comes to a head when a mysterious black void arrives in the Abbots' pastures. Uh, so, this show is out. It's on Amazon Prime. Chris, or the two first two episodes are out on Amazon Prime. Chris, what did you think about it? Yeah, um... <clears throat> I think the trailer for this show made it seem cool and weird. Yeah, um, and like all I, weird. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then watching it, I'm very, I'm definitely interested in it. But it's like it feels to me like how do I say this? 
it's kind of like got this weird sci-fi edge that is a little bit like lost or like um the leftovers where it has this like somberness and like foreboding dread mm-hmm. to everything but then also it's like those sci-fi channel shows that get canceled after one season and there's all these people that are like <laughs> i really fucking liked that show and they're like no one else did yeah you no one's I mean? ever heard of it that, that's kind of how i feel about it is like you know we'll see where it goes but i could definitely see this show being like canceled after the first season and then people talking about it for years like it was a like an amazing show and you're like yeah okay could have been great okay. uh yeah and i don't yeah. know any of its history of like or not history but it's plans of if this is a one know, season a one season event or, yeah show like, or something yeah i don't know any of that but <laughs> i'll say uh what i think the, i i like this show and um, i think it's doing a really good job at giving you a, a reason to continue watching yeah every episode it does have those notes of leftovers and lost and i'm sure there's better comparisons even that we're forgetting but i think it's what it's missing is the full like package to feel that way and i think it's part of its music like it just doesn't have the gravitas in the music to me that like those other shows do. And the, that uh-huh. almost is well, key. Yeah. It's That's so true. key. Yeah. To, to like those shows and same composer. So maybe it's just where like Michael Gitch, you know, should have uh-huh, yeah. done out of range. But I think in <laughs> general with those like very melancholic style shows, the music is a character in and of itself. And it, it's got to be on point. And if it isn't, then I think there's an emptiness there, a bad emptiness, uh, not a void like in this one. And I think there's something in within that that's missing from it because there's so much uh, other stuff in it that's working for me. And I feel like Josh Brolin is hearing the music while he's acting. <laughs> and and his character literally is is hearing things so <laughs> true it maybe part of it's Gitchino. michael uh there's no <laughs> character named michael josh so no Gitchino. uh every set that josh boland's ever worked on the orchestra has played live while he acts <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so that's kind of what I don't like about it is it had the promise of being one of those juggernaut gut punch shows. And I think yeah. it still might, but it is missing that like that key piece. And I'm not sure. I feel like there's something else missing within that too. Maybe the cast a little bit other than Josh Bolin and Imogen Poots, who all their scenes together are amazing. Yeah. That's that's the show. Yeah. That like, that's kind of what I want the whole show to be is the vibe that they're bringing together. There's such a creepiness that Imogen Poots is doing. She's more unsettling than any of these. They're uh, the Tillerson 
farmers or whatever yeah. their names are. <laughs> Those guys are hilarious, actually. I think the thing that's funny about them is they're like cartoonishly evil and in a way and... that's like psychotic yeah and like oh we have the uh the main families on horses and the tillersons ride four wheelers it's like yeah. okay we get it <laughs> i i get what you're trying to say here but uh it works for them so. i wish they all also had like uh bluetooth earpieces in their ears the whole time <laughs> too uh one of those guys too is uh from Shit's creek yeah, exactly. And that's part of the reason why I said it's funny. I cannot take him seriously. Every time he's, yeah. he has a line, I'm like, I can't, this guy's too funny. And, and even in the show, like, there's a bit where he's like singing and it's like, it's funny because it's, he's being it's supposed funny, to be yeah. this tense scene. And you're like, what is this guy doing there? He's just singing like it's a joke. It's so, yeah. it's so off putting and strange to have that kind of mixed in when. They're supposed to kind of be these like bad guys, but you're like, well, one of them's like a nice guy, a rational, like nice guy. The other one's just like a goofball. And like a dangerous shithead a little bit though. Like he seems like yeah. Joker. Yeah. Have you heard of that character? Uh oh, sorry. Is that from uh <laughs> Joker? The man? one from uh Suicide Squad? Is that the yeah, yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, the main guy. He's- I wish, uh, you know, I don't know too much about him because he was barely in that movie. I wish they could have made like a whole movie about him or something. Uh, um, yeah, okay, I, actually, yeah. Talking about the actors though, the one brother who's you know missing his wife, played by uh, Tom Pelfrey. Mm-hmm. I really love that guy, that actor. He was in Ozark, and oh, okay. uh, he's actually also in. Um, iron fist he's like the only actor in iron fist where i was like it was like his first big project and i in iron fist i was like he's really good everyone else is shit in the show but he is really good um and that i didn't know he was going to be in the show so watching it i was also really excited to see him in it oh cool yeah i haven't seen uh seen him in anything that i remembered uh but cool tom pelfrey You'll have to check. Maybe there's something I've seen him in. I'll have to check. Um, but yeah, this uh, I wanted to say. Oh, I miss. I closed the page I was looking at, so I forget what I was gonna reference. Damn it. Um. Oh, Will Patton. That's yeah. what it was. It was his IMDb page. I didn't mention this in the when we were talking about the Forever Purge, but I had watched these two, the first two episodes, and then immediately started watching the the forever purge which takes place on a cattle ranch and where will Patton is the head of a farm with his kind of psychotic son who looks like he belongs in outer range Uh and it literally felt like just watching the same show for a while until like (laughs) it became purgy so that was a very weird situation he's just like the same guy too just healthier (laughs) That's funny. Um, but yeah, I th- think Imogen Poots is doing uh, great work here. Yeah. Just being so creepy. And I don't know what the hell she's doing or who she yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say, so should we get into spoilers for this show? Yeah, spoilers for it. Uh, two episodes in, go check it out. But we're going to get in spoilers now. 
Yeah, so the boys. second episode ends uh, with you finding out the hole in the world is like a portal to another reality. And it's funny because it takes two episodes for them to do this, but it took like three seasons for Fringe to do that, basically. I don't know if um, Fringe even ever really knew. I think they were under the lost method of like, we threw a bunch of they, shit at the beginning. And then they alluded to like the fact that there was other people that were the same and stuff like that. But, and you did see like an alternate reality in the first season, but you just didn't know what it meant, mm. I guess. So now, it was kind of like, is that a different dimension or reality or whatever? But yeah, anyways. I read it as, and it, I, don't, I don't think I have any strong basis. It could be different than this, but that void sends you to the, the future. future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like only however many, it sounded like only three days or like not that long of a future. Uh, it didn't seem like. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, they said he didn't. His wife say she, he was dead. He died two years ago. Is that uh, she that said she that to him? I think oh, before okay. she tells him to run, and that's why I was like, I I don't know. It could be. Yeah, it definitely could be I, the future. I think whatever that line was, I read it as like he's been gone that yeah the whole time. So they, she was like, no, you yeah. should be or whatever. Um, that makes sense. Like he was, he was missing in his timeline. Yeah. So she he, thinks he's gone. Yeah. So who, who knows but, if it's time travel stuff, that's weird, you know? Yeah. Well, so the thing, the other thing kind of what made me think it was an alternate dimension is cause, uh, the brother Perry or yeah, Perry's wife goes missing <clears throat> and she's been missing for a while. So, I mean, I guess depending on how far in the future this goes, she might have been in that hole. Oh, yeah. Gone out the other side. And so I was thinking, you know, if, if it's time, then eventually they'd find her. But if it's that far ahead, they wouldn't. But And then the other thing was it just seemed like a, like a Mogan Poots character is there when he goes through. And that, that, that could be also the future. But the fact that, like, she didn't know she was going to be there until then. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. It could be. Yeah, because you wouldn't know at the time of him going in the hall. You wouldn't know. Yeah. What, like that. I just thought part of what I thought it was like, she was like, oh, do you remember anything before you were nine or whatever? Right. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, does she is she like from this other side of the hole or whatever? And, like, that's part of why she, her brain is fucked up or something. Yeah. Or, or that she, like, knows uh, – the way she talks to Josh Berlin, it's as if she already knows him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when another she, kind or of knows thing of why him. I was like – yeah, or knows of him, right? Because I think yeah. she says it's great to finally meet you when she yeah first meets him. So I feel like it's that she already knows of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's – that's all cool to ponder too with the show. Um, but yeah, it's like that is like the sci-fi twist to it. That made me think of like how a lot of these sci-fi shows get canceled where they have this, like they're like a very basic show and then it has this little twist and then it only lasts one season and everyone's mm -hmm. like, we never found out what actually happened. Yeah. It's very frustrating. <laughs>
And then when you hear the creators say, well, we don't know. We were just hoping to get a second <laughs> season. We figure out, and you're like, oh, I guess everything sucks. Uh, on, but, on the um, the uh, IMDb for it, it says that one of the trivia things is that Taylor Sheridan wrote the show. Oh, really? Like, no, no, oh. never mind. Never mind. It's This thing is like talking about Josh Brolin and Sicario and then written by Taylor Sheridan. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't think he did. And then, yeah, okay. Never mind. But one thing that is funny is it says the series is described as Yellowstone meets Supernatural. Which I hate. I wouldn't be interested in watching it. Yeah, and, like, and after watching the first two episodes, that's definitely, like, it's Yellowstone, but not Supernatural. It's yeah. like, it is like Yellowstone meets Lost or uh, or The Leftovers more yeah. than it is Supernatural. Supernatural is like Monster of the Week. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's very, like, like, serialized TV. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. that's an odd odd way but i guess you know you kind of say whatever you can to <laughs> market something those, the, all those people yeah the funny thing was like the main brother the tillerson brother that dies first matt loria's character it's so funny that he they just kill him immediately he's like so shitty mm-hmm. they're like yeah. we need to make this guy immediately hateable and he's like the most insane asshole uh, and then they kill him, and but the whole time I'm like, "No, nah, you you killed him though." Like, <laughs> yeah, the whole like, family's like, "We're gonna cover this up," and like, "But you murdered him." Like, he's a shithead, but like, you shouldn't have murdered him, and yeah. now you're gonna just cover it up instead of, you know, making it into an accident or something. I don't know. It was it was like this yeah, is kind of really fucked thing. up. Yeah, yeah, like a thing that and it's will and it's them. worse. It's worse that like all of them are like, okay, we have to double down. And they're like, yeah. oh, this is where you guys are all gonna go. It's they're all like, about I, I, they mentioned they're like, God damn it, this is the fifth person you've killed yeah. on accident. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, they have a history. This is Honey, really calm down. Up. We have a void now. It's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's. They're like, now we really know where his wife went. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When you have a void, do you think you don't use it? No. <laughs> You're using it. But yeah, the thing that kind of disappoints me is that they didn't take their time to really build that character to be like a true piece of shit that they kill. It was like just the first episode that they already kill him. And they're already like, fuck this guy. We're just going to dump his body. Fuck it, whatever. And then the other thing, too, is that then the brothers just instinctively immediately know something happened to him they must have fucking killed him we have to find it yeah and the way that they're like barging onto their property and like doing whatever even though it's like the first night that he's gone only hours he's missing yeah they is, break is so gate. unreasonable and like insane that they're like we're just gonna fucking go on your property go wherever we want because we think something happened and it's like what do you think happened they knocked him out and they're holding him because if they murdered him they're not gonna let you find that out and if you do, yeah. they're gonna probably kill you too. Obviously, if if they're that insane, yeah. Like, like what, what are these guys really thinking? They're gonna find. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're pretty aggressive. But that family like <laughs> stuff, even though uh, it is Yellowstone, like yeah, it isn't all creepy stuff. 
I was like, uh-huh. oh, this family related and farm stuff is actually it's working for me. And I'm glad yeah. it's, it's a layer that's in this. Yeah, because it, it's kind of like I always I keep hearing about people talk about Yellowstone and how, oh, people should watch it. And I think that show is like has like a bunch of seasons now, too. But I keep hearing that that one's really good. And I'm like, maybe I should watch that show. And then now that this show is out, I'm like, oh, I don't have to watch it because I can just watch this show. <laughs> yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it, you know, these shows, they really hinge on the mystery and like that be, end up being captivating, which is, I think, where something like Leftovers succeeds in that there's there is a mystery right but mostly it's like hey this awful thing happened and how do people deal with it afterwards that's what the main component of the show is so and what the main component of the show is the whole represents white privilege and whenever they have an issue they just throw it in the hole (laughs) it's gone yeah which, you know, it's the part of the show that they're not going to call it that, but I call it the <laughs> Get Out Meets Yellowstone. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of, and what Lost is also on that, like, oh, the mystery is, is big versus like, oh, what if they doing Lost Over, the, the show was about, hey, they were on an island and weird shit happened. And it's mostly about how they dealt with it afterwards, you know, Uh versus, Hey, what is the Island? What is this? So I hope the show learns from the mistakes of those other shows. And is like, remembers what's important of the mystery. And like, yeah, it's, it's really hard to just make something as satisfying. Like the void is actually this, Uh like what's, what's really going to stand the test of time is like, Oh, the void is this and it affects the characters in this way. So then Uh what happens? Well, or you could do like the leftovers where it is like hyper ambiguous and ultimately irrelevant because yeah, it's just like that. It happened. It's not like what it was or anything. It's like, it's like, it's how you live now that after it's happened. Yeah. So we'll see with it, but I am captivated, uh, more so even after the second episode. The first episode, I was like, oh, this is like, it's ending on a really good cliffhanger, but uh-huh. uh, I'm not sure. And then the second episode, I was definitely in. Yeah, the, after watching the second episode, I, I had messaged you, and I was like, hey, you, need, you should watch it. Just for knowing what happens at the very end of the second episode, I was like, oh, I think you would find this interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it so far has been. Uh, any other thoughts about it? Um, the only other thing I was going to say is I just really love, I always love watching stuff on Amazon Prime streaming because it shows the actors in every scene. Oh my God, I miss it's it. It's so awesome. I miss it yeah. when I don't watch something on Amazon. Like, yeah. I, I'll be like watching on Netflix on my phone, especially because on the phone it's so easy just to tap and look over versus just a computer you might lean back or whatever yeah uh, yeah and i tap the screen and it's nothing i'm like damn I'm yeah like, it's like it's got trivia and there's like the the score is it shows you what it is too the song and it's like yeah really them it's just buying such imdb a fucking, fucking yeah did it yeah like, like baller move. how did the other p- 
people not the other services not getting on that it seems like a pretty easy thing to implement compared to well i think stuff but as in my professional life i'm dealing with a lot of database stuff oh yeah and it's like if you don't have the data yeah the easy part is saying hey it would be cool if you know you cover the screen and you see this stuff the hard part Uh is like okay well where do you get all that data yeah getting that is is harder and like making sure it's up to date and correct and that it's legal that you can get it the means of which so amazon prime buying imdb is like okay this is the easiest thing everybody's actually doing the work for us production companies are updating their shit for us you know uh-huh. Um, which I I don't think it would be that hard for Netflix or anyone to even like mandate that information for to upload or whatever, you know, headshots even. Uh-huh. But I think it's more of a cost to benefit type thing. But yeah, it is such yeah. a fun thing to to be able to use. Hopefully it becomes <clears throat> ubiquitous at some point where like every streamer does have it. Yeah. Oh, and then the the last thing I want to talk about is Emogen Poots. Why the fuck is she not in more things? Right. I She's feel like in she... a lot of movies. I was actually just browsing her IMDb. I was yeah. like, wow, she actually is in a lot of things that I even like remember, but don't uh. necessarily remember her from. Yeah, because like I remember one of the first things she did was Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Mm. She was like the daughter, and like that was something that really stuck out. And then she's done a bunch of stuff that's like great, but I feel like she's never done things where she's like the main character. Rarely, yeah, Vivarium. Because I know, like, yeah, favorite. we watch Vivarium, <laughs> but like, you know, I've seen her. She was like really great in Green Room, and uh, and Fright Night both with uh anton yelchin and like that's all whenever i see her i always am reminded of him too and i, I get very sad about that yeah. but, <laughs> Art of but like yeah she's good in that yeah yeah she's in that it's like she does a lot of indie stuff i feel like and it's like why isn't she put in bigger productions because she seems like a really great actress yeah true i thought she was the daughter and um but uh, it's not true that one movie, The Late Quartet. I don't think I've heard of that. I think it was called The Late Quartet. I'm trying to figure it out now. We're finally using the The Late Quartet. Yeah, this is the one. (laughs) Members of a world-renowned string quartet struggle to stay together in the face of death, competing egos, and insuppressible lust. (laughs) I don't remember who the... Oh, no, it was Imogen Poots. I didn't see that listed on her. Yeah, she was the daughter. They're like, would you give our daughter? Hey, you're in our quartet with us. Would you give our daughter lessons? And the guy's like, sure. And then he ends up having sex with her. Oh, no. Uh, But yes. Yeah. Is the guy Philip Seymour Hoffman? No, it's not him. Okay. It's uh, right here. Mark Evenier, I think. Okay. But anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts about outer range? No, I think that's it. 
Well, everybody, that is our thoughts on Outer Range in this very TV-heavy episode of Beat It Movie Reviews. Beat It TV Reviews. I used to have a VCR. Videotape burns quick. All right, who's still talking about tape, Squidward? Someone's got to give you an HD DVR player. Anyways. Uh, Chris, what's coming up? Yeah, uh, so this week, actually, two big movies are coming out. One of which is The Northman. Oh, yeah, we were talking about The Northman. Which we're going to see. Yeah, definitely going to watch that. Uh, it's a really great new uh, superhero movie coming out. Everyone should watch it. <laughs> um, and then also, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent comes out this oh, week. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. Two, we got to watch sure. both of them. Yeah, it'll be hard not to try to watch both of those. So yeah, and I have a fucking busy ass weekend too because my sister's birthday. Oh, and there's like a Japanese uh, Japan a festival in Japantown on Sunday. So I gotta find time to watch both of these. And actually, on Sunday next week, uh, Barry season three starts. Oh shit! Yeah, so, that's gonna be busy. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll that. The episode's probably going to come out late like this week, so keep your podcasts subscribed. Hey, and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you can review. That helps us out a lot, even if it's just a five-star. You don't have to write anything. And uh, also follow us at Jokabay on Twitter, at Rebirth Project. Um, And I'd say that's about it. If you live in the void, stay away from the outer range. Saying that as if it's some quote. (laughs) It's like the tagline of the show. (laughs) Uh, All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.